Praise God. I would like to welcome everyone tonight. We have a lot of guests here this evening for our baby dedication and a lot of familiar faces and people I haven't seen in a while and I won't start naming names because I'll leave somebody out. So just please know it is wonderful to see everyone that is here this evening. We are thrilled to have you, whatever, if you're just a guest for this service or if you're here for the baby dedication, whatever the case is, we are thrilled to have you here this evening. If you are watching us online this evening, wherever you may be, we welcome you as a part of this service. You may be seated. I am going to read a number of scriptures, but I'm going to do that while you are seated. The first instance that I understand in scripture where God entered into a commitment of a relationship with man was when God called Abram. We know that earlier than that, God had a relationship, fellowship with Adam and Eve in the garden on a daily basis. But the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 12, starting with verse number 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed." So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sikkim, unto the plain of Morah, and the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. These verses are the place where God entered into that relationship with Abram. This is where God promised Abraham what he was going to do in his future. This is the first place where God tells him he is going to multiply him, that his seed, his descendants are going to be so numerous. And I realize that it doesn't say it this way literally in the verses that I have just read to you, but in essence what God was saying to Abram was, I will be your God. He was entering into a relationship with Abram saying, I am committing to be 
your God. I am promising you that if you will do what I say, if you will follow me, if you will go where I tell you to go, I am guaranteeing you that I will be your God. And so Abram follows God's instruction. He leaves his home. He leaves his family. He departs to go someplace that the Scripture tells us. He didn't even really know ultimately where he was going. He just knew that God said go. And because God had made this commitment to him, and Abram responded to the commitment, he walked in faith believing that Jehovah would be his God. He made some pretty drastic decisions and did some pretty drastic things based on the confidence that the promise that was made to him would in fact be true. He leaves the comfort of his home and heads to a place that he has really no guarantee other than what God said was going to await him. But he trusted that God would be his God. And we can see from the story of Abraham that God was faithful to his word to Abraham. And he in fact was Abraham's God and he in fact did everything that he promised Abraham he would do. And if we move forward in the book of Genesis to chapter 26, verse number 19, this is now the son Abraham's son that was the fulfillment, the beginning of the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. The Bible says in Genesis 26 and verse 19, And Isaac's servants digged again, or digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdmen of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours, and he called the name of the well Esek, because they strove with him. And they digged another well and strove for that also, and he called the name of it Sitna. And he removed from thence and digged another well, and for that they strove not, and he called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, For now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And he went from thence to Beersheba. Verse 24 says, The Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. I am the God of Abraham your father. I'm the God that instructed your father to leave home. I'm the God that entered into a covenant with your father. I am the God. And then he says this, Fear not, for I am with thee, and will bless thee, and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. God first speaks to Abraham and calls Abraham. He first enter, enters into this covenant 
relationship with Abraham saying, if you will obey me, if you will go where I tell you to go, if you'll do what I tell you to do, I am going to bless you in such a way that it is beyond anything you can conceive. No doubt Isaac knew some of the stories of the life of his father Abraham. I am pretty sure Isaac was aware of the fact that he was not born until his father was a hundred years old, that he was not born until 25 years after God promised his father who had no children he was going to have a child. So Isaac knew some things about his father's God and what his father could do. But I want you to notice something about God. The God of Abraham now says to Isaac, The same way that I was with your father, I am now with you. The same commitment I made to your father Abraham, I am now making that same commitment to you, Isaac. The same way that I was with him, I am going to be with you. The same way in which I blessed him, I am going to bless you. We move a couple of chapters further in Genesis 28, beginning with verse number 10. It's now the son of Isaac, who is the grandson of Abraham. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth. And the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it. And to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest. And will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee and I, until I have done that which I have spoken to thee. Think about the fact that the almighty God. The creator of heaven and earth. Was not willing just to make a commitment to one man. And let everybody else assume it works for you as well. He did not just simply say to Abraham, here's what I do, and everybody else, that needs to be good enough for them. 
But he comes back to the son of Abraham and says, I'm the God of your father Abraham. And the same thing I did for your father and the same promises I made to your father Abraham, I am now assuring you, Isaac, that I am your God and will do that for you. But that wasn't good enough for him either because now here comes Jacob. And rather than Jacob having to simply hear about his grandfather's God and his father's God, God shows up to him and says, I want you to know, first of all, I am the God of your father Abraham. And I am the God of your father Isaac. But I also am your God. He said, I want you to know that I am the God of you just as much as I was the God of them. I got to tell you, there's not, not everything in our world works that way. Not everything, there's some things we have today that are better than they used to be. And then there's some other things that are not as good as they used to be. But when God says to us and when God says to the next generation, the same one, the same God I was to your father and to your grandfather is the same God that I will be to you. That's quite a promise to stand on because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not weaken. He does not lose his power and ability. Whatever he's done before, he can do it again. But it was important enough to God. God initiated. God initiated, Brother Middleton, to make the point to Jacob and to Isaac, I am the same God. You don't even have to ask me. You don't even have to worry about it. I'm telling you up front, the same God I was to them is the same God I am to you. He wasn't an offspring directly of these, but we go to Exodus chapter 3, beginning with verse number 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and he came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame out of fire of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. That sounds just like a brilliant idea. There's a bush that's burning, that's not being consumed, and then a voice in the bush. I think I'll just stop and take a look. (laughs) I think I'll turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burnt? And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I don't know about you, but if a bush is talking to me, that's probably a pretty decent start right there. I don't know that I'd need much more. A bush is burning, it's on fire, it's not being damaged, and then a voice starts to come from the bush. We probably could just go with that. We'd be good. But notice, please, what does the voice from the bush say? I 
am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their, le- of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. But before you go, Moses, let me just remind you, I am the God of Abraham, and I'm the God of Isaac, and I'm the God of Jacob. And it doesn't say it, but the implication of what he was saying was, I am now the God of Moses. I was the God of the patriarch Abraham and everything you heard that I said and did for and through Abraham, I am his God. And I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the one that caused Isaac to come into existence at a time when it seemed impossible in his father's life. And I'm the God of Jacob and everything that he went through. But I want you to know, not only am I their God, but I want to make sure you understand, Moses, I am also your God. Part of what we have come to do tonight in dedicating these children to the Lord is to say, God, you've been my God. I know you've been my God. I know what you've done for me. And some of us tonight can say, you are the God of my parents. And I know the God you were for my parents. And I know what you've done for my parents. Others of us, my grandmother is going to turn 90 years old in just a couple of days. 90 years old. That is absolutely amazing. And I am so thankful that she is around to be able to celebrate that. And I can say tonight, God, I know you're the God of my grandmother. And I know the kind of God you've been to her. But it's not good enough that you were the God of Lula Singletary. And it's not good enough that you were the God of Rima Singletary. And it's not good enough that you were the God of Mac and Merle Wright. I'm glad you were their God. And I'm glad you were the God of, and are the God of Chester and Alice Wright. But God, it's me standing in the need of prayer. It's not my mother, it's not my father, but it's me, Lord. And now I'm glad tonight to be able to know that the God of my grandparents and the God of my parents is now my God. But oh, I'm so glad tonight to know that the God of them has not stopped with them and the God of me has not stopped with me. But I now watch my own four children who are now experiencing for themselves the God of their great-grandparents and the God of their grandparents and their God of their parents has now become their God. Because it's one thing to hear about somebody else's God. It's one thing to be inspired from somebody else's God. 
But faith is only so strong when you are living based on somebody else's God. But when you step into the dimension of faith in God because of who you know God to be and what you know God to do, that is an unshakable faith. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and all Scripture is important. I don't think there's any one Scripture that we can make more important than the others. The bottom line is pretty much every one of us in this place tonight, if you've read the Bible very much at all, you've got some verses that are your favorite. And I suppose as long as we remember that all the rest of them are just as important, we can have a few go-to verses and it's okay. My go-to verse is found in... Job chapter number 42, and I believe it's verse number 5. Job, the Bible says in the beginning of the book of Job that he was the most upright man in all of his day. In essence, he was the most religious man of his time. But yet, when we get to the end of the book of Job, we hear Job say something that while Job may have been a religious man in the beginning of his life, he didn't have much of a relationship. Because there's a big difference between being a part of religion and being a part of a relationship with God. And at the end of everything Job went through, and after God had blessed Job and given him back twofold what he had lost, Job says this, I have heard of you with my ear. But now, but now, I've heard my grandparents talk about you. I've heard my parents talk about you. I've heard others talk about you. But now, my eyes have seen you. And now that my eyes have seen you, you see, all faith starts by hearing. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But there is another level of faith after hearing, and that is seeing. Because once you have seen for yourself, Once you have prayed and God has answered your prayers, once you have experienced God's presence for yourself, you're no longer dependent upon what somebody else says or believes. It now belongs to you. You see, part of this idea of dedicating our children, there is a level of responsibility upon us as parents. It'd be kind of nice to just come tonight and those of us that have dedicated our kids in the past to come to a baby dedication and say, God, here you go. You take care of them. Don't bother me. You let me live however I want to live, but, you know, you got them. That's not the way it works. There is a responsibility that rests upon us. That if somehow... The next generation, if somehow these precious children we are about to dedicate to the Lord tonight, somehow they've got to know my parents had a God. Not just any God. Not just a God. But my parents had the God as their God. And there's some things that I've heard my parents say their God did for them. But now it's my time to know that He is My God. And what is amazing is I think within every one of us, there is a desire to know that you are my God. 
There is a hunger for me to know. I appreciate everything you've done in my family in the past and for my relatives and in my heritage. But God, I've got to know for me that you're my God. I've got to know for myself that you are an ever-present help in the time of trouble. I've got to know for myself that you're never going to leave me and you're never going to forsake me. I've got to know for myself that you're going to supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. What amazes me is no matter how deep the desire may be on our part to know that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of those before us is our God. God, God is just as interested in proving that I am your God. In fact, I don't see anything in the verses that I've read to you tonight, and I don't find anything anywhere else where any of these individuals questioned, are you my God the way you were Abraham's God. Are you my God the same way you were Abraham and Isaac's God? Are, are you my God the same way you were Abraham, Isaac's, and Jacob's God? It was God saying, hey, I just want you to know up front. I just want you to know the same God I was for them is the same God I'm going to be with you. I understand that the children that are about to be dedicated are not sitting on the edge of their seat listening to the message being preached tonight as a part of their dedication. I understand that not one single one of them have any comprehension of what is being said. They will not go home tonight and spend a couple of hours pondering their dedicatory message. But I tell you what I do believe, that inside of every one of these children that may not have the intellectual comprehension at this point, there is a spirit that knows how to make a connection even if the natural mind does not yet know how to make a connection. And that I believe tonight that I can make a declaration for every one of these children that they may not understand tonight, but I've come to declare to them the same God that's been all of our gods. The same God that's been there for the rest of us is the same God that's going to be there for you. It's the same God that when you come to your challenges and difficulties in life, the same God that answered the prayer of your parents and the same God that answered the, the prayer of your grandparents is the same God. It's going to answer your prayer. You say, Brother Wright, you, you, really, you really believe that? Yeah, I do. And one of the things that causes me to believe that is the man that I have read to you about here tonight by the name of Moses. Most of you, I'm sure, know the story, so I won't get into all the details. By a series of events, Moses becomes adopted into the house of Pharaoh. He's brought into Pharaoh's family. He goes from being the, the child of a slave to now being the adopted son in the king of Egypt's family. 
he would spend the next 40 years of his life in Pharaoh's household. He would spend the most formative years of his life being taught and trained by the best teachers Egypt had to offer. He would spend those 40 years of his life experiencing the best of everything Egypt had to give. No doubt he ate the best of foods, wore the finest of clothing, had the most comfortable of lifestyles that could be had at that point in time. But there was a brief period of time before he was adopted into Pharaoh's household that his mother had him. And it appears to me that somehow in that brief span of time when he probably could not really comprehend and understand what she was saying, that there was something put into his spirit that was deep and strong enough that when he reached the age of 40 and had to make a decision on the direction of his life, the Bible says he, cho- he chose to suffer the reproach with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures that sin had to offer. Call me crazy if that's what you want to call me, but I believe that there can be a seed from the Word of God that has been sown into the hearts of these children tonight that will be greater than any of the influences of this present world we are living in. That it will be stronger than all of the voices in this world today. And that when it comes time for them to have to make a decision, will I go the way of Egypt or will I go God's way? That by that point in time, there's going to be something that will have taken root in their lives and will cause them to say, the same God my parents had. Perhaps the same God my grandparents had is now my God as well. I would like to ask those of you that have come tonight with a child to be dedicated. You would make your way down to the front and anyone that is here, whether your family or close friends that you are here specifically for one of the children that are being dedicated. I believe we're going to have a couple of fairly large groups with some of these children, so we may need to kind of spread out a little bit. But again, if you have a child to be dedicated, and if you've come specifically because of or your family, friends of someone, we invite you, please, we welcome you to come stand with them and be a part. Hallelujah. While they're doing that, would you just bow your head and close your eyes if you're not one of the ones that's walking? (laughs) Father, I'm asking you tonight, Lord, as we prepare to dedicate these children, I pray for every person that's here tonight. I pray, God, that you would demonstrate to every individual in this place tonight in an undeniable way 
that not only are you the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, but you are also our God. You're the same God today as you've always been. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Y'all are going to have to spread out a little bit. People are still in the aisle trying to come down and join with you all. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the licensed ministers if they would, if they're not specifically specifically a part of one of these families, if they'll come gather in the front of these children and these parents. And in just a moment, I'm going to anoint these children and the parents and then I'm going to ask the elders, if you would, to then begin to pray for the children and the parents. Congregation, would you stand and join us in prayer, please? Father, tonight, the gift of these children that you've given to these parents, they bring back to you tonight, God, as a demonstration of a desire for you, Lord, to lay hold upon these lives, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we dedicate, we commit them to you tonight, Lord. We surrender to you tonight as the creator, God, as the giver of each one of these lives, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, we dedicate them to you tonight. God, in a world of chaos and confusion, in a world of immorality, in a world where sin abounds, we trust and declare tonight that grace doth much more abound. I pray tonight, God, that your hand would rest upon each one of these children. I pray, God, that you would guard them and keep them. I pray that you would protect and preserve them. I pray, God, that you would give your angels charge to keep watch over them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for these parents tonight, God, that you would give them wisdom and guidance. God, that you would empower them and strengthen them to be the parents they need. Your word says if we train up our children in the way they should go, that when they are old, they will not depart. We stand upon the promise of your word tonight. We trust in the promise of your word. I pray tonight that you would become the God of these children. 
I pray, God, that you would become the God of these children, that another generation would know that you are the same God that you have been for others, the same God you've been to their parents, the same God you've been to their grandparents, the same God you've been to their relatives, is the same God that you are to them. In the name of Jesus Christ. God, I trust tonight in your power to preserve and to protect and to keep. I trust in your power and ability to guard these lives, Lord, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, let your hand rest upon these children. Let your hand rest upon them, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray again for every individual in this place tonight. God, the same way in which you prove generation after generation that you are our God, I pray you do that in every life in this place tonight. Remove every question, God. Remove every doubt. Let there be absolute assurance that you are our God. That you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. That you will never abandon us. That you will always be there. In the name of Jesus. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We declare tonight, God, you are our God. We declare tonight, you are our God. We believe that you are the same today you've always been what you've done before you can do again the way you've worked before you can work again the miracles you've done in the past you can do again the way you've made a way in the past when there didn't seem to be a way you can make a way in our lives God because you are our God you are our God I thank you for being my God tonight. I thank you for being my God tonight. I thank you for being the same God to me you've been to others. Thank you that you don't change. Thank you that you don't change. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All across this sanctuary, if you would, would you just join me and lift your hands? And would you thank Him on your own, in your own way? Would you thank Him for being your God?
Would you thank Him that He's become your God? That while He's the God of others, you're thankful that He's also your God tonight. Thank you that I haven't just heard about you with my ears, but I've seen with my own eyes what you can do, who you are. And I thank you for that. I thank you for that. I thank you for that. As we've already declared, Lord, how great, how great is our God. We thank you that our God is a great God. We thank you that our God is an unchanging God. We thank you that our God will always be the same. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I want to again thank everyone for being here tonight. And again, if you've come specifically for one of these babies, it's we are so glad to have you in service with us tonight. And remind you one more time, there's food and fellowship available downstairs. Jesus' name, God bless you whenever you need or want to go. You're welcome to do that.